0: Guys, before we kick off this episode of All the President's Minutes, I just want to give a shout out to two big things that are happening on the One Heat Minute Productions feed at the moment. One is the finale of Increment Vice is edging closer. Our huge, scene-by-scene, expansive examination of Paul Thomas Anderson's Inherent Vice, hosted by the incredible Travis Woods, narrated by the incredible Cat Corbett, is coming to an end. I want you guys to dive in and listen to that, or catch up to it, or subscribe to it, or find the inherent increment vice Spotify playlist. If you've got Spotify and just listen to all those episodes, it will eventually be in its own feed. But right now it's in one hit meter productions feed. Follow it, subscribe, rate review. Um, it's been an incredible um, journey on that show. We have another great new show um, in its own feed called it came from the deep, which is an audio book with an after show from Maria Lewis of Josie and the podcasts is uh, one of her books in the supernatural sister series. Check that out. If you uh, dig the stuff that we do, but now let's go back to 76.
1: After a decade in politics, former National MP Jamie Lee Ross is out of Parliament. The Advance NZ co-leader joins me now. Jamie Lee, you just described yourself as a loser. You are out of national, out of Parliament, out of botany. Your political career is in tatters. Do you have any regrets?
2: Look, we gave it a good go uh, this time round. We put together a new party in just a few months' time. uh, We only gathered uh, 1% of the vote. It clearly wasn't enough, but I've enjoyed the opportunity to work with all the people that I have with Advance New Zealand.
1: Do you want to have another crack at answering that? Because I just asked you if you have any regrets. You've just been um, part of a political movement which has been peddling misinformation during the election campaign. Do you have any regrets?
2: No, I think we were asking some hard questions about the direction of COVID-19. If you're asking about regrets throughout the whole three-year term, Of course, we could have all done things a lot differently and a lot better back in 2018, but we're here now, um, we made our bed and we just moved forward. I
1: want to focus on the strategy. why, Why on earth did you get into bed with Billy Te Kahika?
2: I could see that there was a lot of growth on social media. There was a lot of growth in the t- number of people coming so along was and looking at it. purely
1: political ambition. No, you I you could sold see, your soul I for could, political I could, ambition. I could
2: see that there was uh, people out there who were asking questions around things that I believe in too, around freedom and sovereignty uh, for New Zealand. And a pandemic. No, that is nothing. I've never said that, Tova. You haven't, but that. he has. I've never said that. COVID-19 is a real virus, and we are asking questions about whether the country was going in the right direction. You
1: know exactly what you were doing. You were whipping up fear and hysteria among vulnerable communities.
2: Not at all. If you go and look at the mortality rate of COVID-19 compared to other um, flu epidemics, I'm going to stop. Uh, no, I'm semblance. not. I don't. So, so, I don't so want to hear. A, don't wanna hear well, of, totally I don't want to hear any of. I don't want to hear any of that just, rubbish. What are you? Do you give what me what that, you, and Not no allow me to answer. Well,
1: so. if you're going to come on, if you're going to come on the show and say things which are just factually incorrect I can do that actually
0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to all the president's minutes I'm your host Blake Howard Uh, there are some returning guests that come on this show and uh, first I'm honored and flabbergasted and excited because there aren't many who ask for minutes and the man that I'm speaking to today I admire and love his stuff and we had such a fun time talking now 56 minutes ago in this movie that um, I said, you've got to come back around. When do you want to talk? And like, literally I thought that this minute would, uh, maybe it's just because people aren't aware of the minutes. They just kind of like, don't know where things are, but I'm assuming this guy does actually know where it is in this movie. He's um, like, oh, I would love there's this, you know, the scene, the moment, the Gordon Willis, you know, de resistance of all the presidents, man is Unbelievable rack focus of paranoia for Robert Redford after a particular deep throat meeting. I would love to talk to you about that. And for a man who is now freelancing all over the place, who's the former editor of Time Out New York, a kindred spirit across the world, writing now for New York Times, Sight and Sound, and Empire, you would have seen all of his New York Film Festival stuff, some of the best coverage that's going around. He's my friend, Joshua Rothkopf, Mate, welcome to Back to All the President's Minutes.
3: Hey, Blake, how are you? It's so nice to see you.
0: (laughs) It's nice to see you too. We've been talking about families and physical media, and we couldn't be happier to start this conversation with those two things. But um, for folks who haven't probably gone back yet to episode 52, if you're a maniac and this is your first episode of all the President's Minutes, welcome. Um, You're coming in at probably one of the most dynamic moments of the film. Um, And you've only now, if you're going to listen to the end, I've got about thirty-ish episodes to go, um, just under thirty, and you're going to have a lot of catching up to do. But can you just remind people your love and affinity for this movie and this period and this, well, this you know enduring classic?
3: Absolutely. I mean, this is. I feel um, I feel a little spoiled. I have to tell you, (laughs) when we talked last time, I felt like for sure that we were talking about the greatest single. Folk, rack focus, the greatest single zoom spot in in the film, and and maybe in '70s movie history. With, <laughs> yes. and, and now the fact that we're actually talking about yet another one, I feel like it's almost like an abundance of riches. Thank you for letting me discuss the second moment. I I'm a huge fan of all of the President's Men, um, not only not only as a an appreciator of its status in the in the '70s as a pivot point between. Um, the deep, deep paranoia and cynicism of the early '70s, and also the heroic streak of the late '70s. This yes. film, right on that, right on that pivot.
0: Competing uh, in the Oscars that had Rocky and Taxi Driver. So if you're talking about the marriage of cynicism and hope and heroism, it's like literally all <laughs> happening in this year.
3: Exactly. This is the year, and this is the film, and also, I mean, anybody who enters into journalism writing. Um, just has to appreciate a film that is so distinctly about process, mm. so distinctly about, I mean, the ultimate lesson for me that the the all the presidents men tells that I resonate with that, that it tells me is the pursuit of truth. And the pursuit of clarity is important. If you are writing something, if you are making something, if you are making a podcast, if you are doing something, do it, as well as you can. Do it better than anyone else did. Follow your dream as far as it'll go. And those are the things that I feel personally when I watch this film, because it makes me, it it inspires me to seek out the truth even against all odds, but it also, it has wonderful scenes of editing, wonderful scenes of finding clarity. And the pursuit of that clarity, I think is, is a victory in and of itself especially these days here in America. We're recording this less than 30 days before the election. Sorry to get all political on you. No, this, this, is, this, this, is,
0: is this is the place for it.
3: I want, I want everything to come out. I want a, a beautiful rise to happen in America, and I hope we're on target for that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so funny because the, the pursuit of clarity and the demand for clarity in this film and um, for p- folks who've just listened to the preceding minutes uh, is happening from sources and editorial stuff, which is so refreshing because a, a deep throat as this figure is like, I hate, you know, I hate inexactitudes. Like, it's like that, that word of you must be exact. You must know what you're doing and and I'm going to give you all the pushes right now. He, he's at the precipice of what he's willing to say and, and, uh, and, and how far he's willing to go with, really painting the picture of exactly what he knows is happening but i just love that there and I, I think you're so right this movie is i've spoken to a lot of journalists and you and i you know you way more than me are like a, a proper critical journalist um but i as a writer as someone who creates things this movie has such a every day is work like i think that in sport you know the what, what sometimes people who are creators and people who play sports don't realize is that they have one of the greatest kinships because every day you have to put in your road work. Like every day you have to be doing this thing to be, to stay sharp. And, you know, you talk about comics who get up every night at the comedy store or at a club or every night they're trying to like hone their craft and writers who are every day are grinding some stories, some features, some things they don't necessarily want to write other things, books, things they're hugely passionate about. You know, some guys are training for a fight or not. They're training to just stay in condition. It's like, I, that is my greatest kinship to this movie, I think. And as we as we pursue, it's like every day it's just getting up and pushing further, just like putting that personal best that an inch, half an inch further ahead of you. Um, and and doing that's, that's what Deep
3: Throat says too, right? He says it's not just that he says he he doesn't like uh inexact. In, in in exact- <laughs> he, he also doesn't like shallowness, right? That <laughs> yes, combine. yes. I mean, yes. Both of those things combined. Not only do you have to be laser like in terms of precision, you have to be so exact, but you also have to be Substantive. substantive substantive you have to go as deep as you can and like no one is ever going to be able to say that you don't go deep i mean you're, you're the podcast
0: i have, goddamn <laughs> in <this>. I have <laughs> taken that advice to heart after however many times i've watched this movie all right he he doesn't like inexactitudes, exactitudes but certainly doesn't like shallowness so i can't be accused of that yeah. i don't think at any point but no that's but that's the kinship that's what i keep finding it's like when you know and in that sa- in this same era, in this same moment, if you you know you do the co- you can can compare and contrast the three endings of those movies we just mentioned earlier of your taxi drivers, which is you know this uh it's like a a fever dream ending, and you can compare Rocky, which is this soaring you know it's it's ultimately a loss, but it's like it's it's his greatest achievement in his life, and similarly with presidents, it's a loss but Back at the keyboard, Rocky's like, "I don't want to fight again. I've done enough." You know, right then, we may have imagined a world where there wasn't going to be Rocky two, three, four, five, (laughs) six, and then Creed one and two. Um, But you, in presidents, it's like he's being sworn in, but we've still got to work. We've still got to pound those keys. So it's
3: it's Rocky. It's it might have the line that speaks to all of them, which is the idea of going the distance. Yeah, the distance. Idea going the distance and 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 completing to the best that you can, it's it's more important than the win. It's 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 about, uh, it's almost an existential concern. And I think that that's what we take away from All the President's Men.
0: That is the perfect segue for us to jump into Minute 109 of Alan J. Pakula and Robert Refford's 1976 masterpiece, All the President's Men. So it's one hour, 48 minutes on the dial, whether you're watching it on streaming or Blu-ray or DVD. Josh and I are going to watch it along right now. You guys are going to listen along and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. Thank mm-hmm. now a quick word from our sponsors. As guys, so much of our identity is wrapped in our hair. If you're listening to One Hit Minute, we just so happen to talk about movies with guys whose hair is luscious and delicious, whether you're talking about Inherent Vice with Doc, change your hair, change your life, whether you're talking about Dustin Hoffman's gorgeous locks as Carl Bernstein and all the presidents. uh, Hair is important. And so when you get in your 20s and 30s, if you start losing your hair, it is panic time because no guy really is ever ready to go bald. Thankfully, Now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. Did you know two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35? The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. Don't wait until the later diehards. What were they called? Live free, diehard? Don't wait till that, Bruce Willis. cue ball Bruce Willis. Go right back to die hard. That's the time you need to act. The time you need to act is when Hans Gruber is in the building. The great thing about Keeps is that you can get treated from home. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online, get the hair loss medication delivered right to your home. In In 2020, we only want that stuff delivered. They make it easy. They deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to waiting at checkouts and awkward doctor visits. It's all done prevention is key keep treatments typically take between four to six months to see results so it's important to act fast the sooner you start using keeps the more hair you'll save now for the awesome listeners of one heat minute if you want to support the show and you are ready to take action to prevent hair loss go to keeps.com ohm to receive your first month of treatment for free that's keeps k dot ohm M, as in one heat minute. Find out why more than 100,000 men trust keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. And now, back to the show. Holy shamoli Yeah, it's good stuff. It is. Uh, the, the things that immediately strike me is there is no real other moment in this movie that you see peril in Robert Redford's eyes. And not many movies, just in general, that you see pure peril. And it's just... I mean, there's something so deeply related about getting in your own head like that, even though in this movie, it actually probably isn't him getting in his own head. But God it, this is such a a wonderful minute.
3: This is, I mean, this minute really moves me personally, too, because it really is the grammar of of like a horror film. Yes. I mean, we've seen paranoia in this film and we've seen um, argumentation and, you know, all sorts of different ways of brewing tension. But this is this might as well be a giallo. This feels like a <laughs> yes. film. Yes. When you're when you're, I mean, and also I think the first thing we should probably say when we when we pop in there, it's so dark. I mean, yes. this is Gordon Willis. He, he's what is he illuminating a profile, just like an outline, basically of the front of his face. Yes. And you see the bush, the shrub behind him, and he's walking, and the camera's tracking. That's a very dark composition. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that, is, that is an incredibly dark one, right? Aren't you? Aren't yeah. you struck how how underlit this is?
0: Oh, it's and also, but it's that's what immediately makes you feel like you are just wrapped in a blanket of paranoia because it's like in movies, things aren't this dark because this feels like real darkness, you know, it's, and, and the fact that it's like that, it's like if you've ever got off a train late at night or, you know, and, and, and especially at a commuter station, sometimes you go into a car park that usually is burgeoning with people and, the, and there's all these full cars and then sometimes you get off the train at two in the morning because you've had a late night out with friends and you get in your car's the only one and you stalk through and it's underlit through these underlit car parks and it's it's creepy and the only thing you can hear is literally the grit being ground on your feet along concrete and the echo and so for me it's the echo it's it's that spacing it's the just the little dampness of the uh, night and
3: i'm so uh, glad you bring up the the sounds because it's like let's let's give it up for david shire once again and just the 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 escalation of the foots the footfalls, right? Yes. He's breaking into a run very slowly. It's in sync with the music. So that chord is playing. It's growing louder. This is, I mean, the sound is really doing a lot oh. to sort of ramp up the tension. And then, of course, the the quick inhalation of breath. He turns, and it's a. And there's even the slightest zoom in. Yes. It's like. What the not only are you tracking, not only are you do you have the score killing it, not only do you have the footballs, but zoom, the little tiniest of zooms, like what just amazing.
0: And you you make the best point, which is this is where I think the great where great horror movies excel is the really rote version of this is just steady inclination a uh, steady incline of music like it's incline, it's 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 picking up picking up picking up once he turns there's a big bombastic punctuation mark with music bah, 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 and then there is something there and a truth thriller just goes we're going to use all the same tools in our kid but we're going to make it so we're going to make it so tangible like we're going to just have this escalating music that is almost like uh, this little percussive heartbeat we're going to try and stay out of stay out of what your shootings weigh we're going to f- go with the footfall so it's all there it's complementary, and then it's going to stop and then that vacuum of noise and nothing being there and maybe just a flutter of a tree is so much more terrifying because it's so re- it feels so much more real than like a monster around the corner and i think that that's like the greatest horror movies just get that they get that let's just keep it just that whisker closer to reality. Just that it's the most under talked about thing of another film of this era, the exorcist. There is nothing more scary in that movie in my mind than a bunch of male doctors telling a mother who is absolutely freaking out that her daughter may be possessed by the devil that she just has ADHD. Now that that's the scariest part of that movie because it feels like there could be a chorus of medical professionals going, she's fine you know yeah. don't worry about the crawling on the walls she's fine and it's like no there's something wrong and that's really
3: i mean if we're to go deeper into the symbology of this moment in all the president's men um you make a good point about how well like with the with that exorcist scene the, the real fear is not being heard not being listened to yes. not being believed so when redford turns around and we see the reverse shot yes it's empty but in a way it's not, because yes. what he's seeing what he's seeing right in that moment, and it cuts back to Redford, and you can see it in his reaction, is he's realizing that he's always going to feel this. He's always going to know that his government lied to him. He's always going to know that it went up to the highest level and that he, his life might be at risk just for simply trying to expose the truth. And that paranoia is just something he's going to have to live with yeah, it's just, that to me is the scariest thing about the movie <laughs> because in the maybe it's a death of idealism in that moment. He turns over his shoulder, he sees nothing, but he feels everything. Yeah, and that's why that fade that happens right there. You see him; it. He's walking in a big government plaza, an empty parking lot. The buildings loom over him. They don't seem they don't seem like nice government buildings. They're nice. he is dwarfed by them and he, even the way he's walking in long shot i don't even know if it's redford himself it might be another like a second actor or a double he's walking in a very dejected way as almost as if to suggest it doesn't matter anymore because i'm always going to know that there was something behind me
0: and 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 i'm always going to there's none of the warmth of washington either it's all gone it's just these oppressive government buildings gray, like a fog. And that's the, he's, he's now in the fog. That's it. Like it's, it's, it's in this moment that he comes out. And even then we get the Sally Aitken scene, which we're just like, we've just like entered the newsroom, like as an establishment shot, you know, the guy who's talking to Sally Aitken and has a no BS attitude is a guy who is now realizing the burden of constantly being cynical for his life because now, you know, this waspy idealist has come in and he's like in, you know the back 30 seconds of an exchange with a source has realized oh god this is so much bigger than me
3: to the very top in fact it's funny we mentioned jala before um that shot that 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 big looming shot of the big the buildings overhanging a character you can see that in suspiria which is actually yes. a year after this film i wonder if i do wonder if argento was inspired by this because this this idea of like your plaza being a not a safe place, but actually a kind of a terrifying place. Mm. That, that's, you know, that kind of runs through, I think, a lot of these movies, the idea of the public places under siege. And then I, I, the very end, the very tail end of our moment here, I love the hard cut to the really brightly lit newsroom. Yes. As it, to say, the work of these people still goes on. Still busy. It's brightly lit. That's about as overt, I think, as Gordon wills ever gets.
0: In other words, yeah.
3: the, the truth will still be found out by these people who are still we're, working.
0: We're still working. We're still working because it's easy to get lost. It's it, it's the Antonioni version of this movie is another three hours in that plaza, but we just don't have that right now. It's yeah.
3: like we're going, Instead, we're going to cut to Dustin Hoffman doing his little collar pop. <laughs> got to go. You know, yeah. it's like
0: yeah, we're, we're, we've still got things to do, but it's. It, that's, you know, it's a funny plaza thing. Of course, every opportunity I'm going to mention Michael Mann, but there's a great scene in Manhunter where, you know, um, William Peterson's Will Graham is, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to get the, who they call the tooth fairy at that time. And they're trying to, they're trying to ensnare him in this big government plaza. It's another plaza that I often think about is, in, in all those, what you feel like a vacant crevices in, in this, in that movie is just full of cops. And, and so he's walking through someone and someone runs near him. And even that's what makes it even more terrifying. Cause that movie is obviously a psychological thriller. So it's playing with you, but it's that thing of, if, then, when you're alone in isolation, you can find peace and safety in this weird fog of isolation. And then, when people come near you, the paranoia gets to heightened levels again. And then, you know, people are rushing out of all these little crevices, like little cockroaches who've been hiding in the dark. And it's 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 a very creepy motif that helps to punctuate this whole feeling that happens at the end of that minute.
3: And then, of course, uh, the the great uh, paranoia classic, the conversation, yes. which begins and ends and basically throughout the entire movie is a scene in a plaza where two people, I'm not going to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but are ostensibly. Shame like,
0: on you. If you <laughs> have It is one of the greatest movies of all time. Right.
3: They're right. The plaza is, uh, you know, a place of safety where two people yeah. can have a conversation, um, provided they're not being spied on. So yes. it's, I think that we just sort of stumbled into kind of a big motif, I think, in a lot of these films.
0: Yes. It's, and, and, that, and just the ability to, especially also in the preceding minute, of the the realisation for Redford too, of i don't I don't know what's taken him to this moment, to this length to see it, because I think that that's an important factor, is. Deep throats making him go to all these lengths and in 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 a very compliant and sort of I want to make sure that my source feels comfortable, he's doing all of these extraordinary things and checking over his shoulder. But that one car maneuver in there, whatever that does to spook deep throat, the, the whole 120 seconds from the moment the deep throat is no longer there all the way to the end is such a journey. Like it's such a great journey. And again, a wordless journey of this guy who's usually this towering figure and compared to his diminutive, you know, co-lead in Hoffman is usually the big tall guy, but just watching him sort of stalk and, and just all that storm of emotions going through his face. It's just so wonderful. And, and again, unlike the conversation, what's so cool about presidents and what I think a lot of people forget is that they still have the burden of telling a docudrama and ultimately they can have these flourishes of like no storytelling and cinema and mood and tone. And some people are like, Oh no, it's all in the newsroom. And then you're like, just watch minute 109, 108, <laughs> be in the bowels of a car park where it feels like the underworld, where the source is lit like Hades and then come out into you know a world where even a, even a, a, a tree can feel like can feel like it's hostile can feel like there's something something I don't know malevolent
3: and it's also like you say it, it doesn't really break it doesn't break the truth of the real story in the sense that I mean if I was being very naive I could suggest that that was just somebody leaving uh, on their own car trip. They were, you know, and it was four in the morning. I don't know. Or maybe, and, maybe it was. And, and going, hooting
0: out of a car park at four in the morning. And that's totally right, normal.
3: Hearing out. And, and okay. So maybe Deep Throat kind of re- overreacted he kind of fled, but you know, who knows, but that's, that's the whole point. In other words, um, every single sound, every little brush of a tree, every sound of wind, every sound of gravel is going to, it's going to be suspect. And I think, um, I think that writers and journalists and audiences take that away from the film, which is that if you listen closely enough, you can hear the malfeasance, you know, yes. and, you know and it's sort of like, um, you know, and maybe you can go too far in believing into the conspiracies, but in this case, they're real.
0: Yeah. I think, look, we're at a time where they this, I think, I think in spirit, you know, a few, I've heard a few people over a few years and I think it's like, if you don't, have as much historical hindsight like that whole thing of like conspiracies and mainstream it's like conspiracies have been mainstream you know at least for the last 20 years you know all all it took was jfk to be made and be nominated for oscars and like that that helped to enliven conspiratorial thinking and all those sorts of things but people have been talking about conspiracies for decades but right now i feel like it's the strangest conspiracy like the bows that conspiracies draw in 2020 are uh, so strange you know like you know that we only have to i don't even want to mention that certain letter of the alphabet people that are out there right now who uh, believe uh that donald trump is the second coming of jesus christ um
3: are um, gonna get a lot of listeners for this <laughs> but,
0: but I, I i think
3: that that is the one thing about the 70s conspiracy movies that they obviously were too soon to get they were too early to uh, yeah. to appreciate it's the fact that there would be a day when we would see all these things in bright daylight. And the the real irony is that no one would care. Yeah. Is that that the conspiracy would be conducted, you know, so blithely and openly and that the citizenry would just be like, I like that. I yeah. like that they're getting away with that. That's, you know.
0: And that's the another film of that year, which is why, you know, 1976 might be one of the greatest years ever for movies um is network, and right. one of the things along this journey that I've been doing is like uh, and Matt Zola Zeitz, who was a guest of the show, talked about how he you know he used to think this movie was so authentic and real and now he feels like it's a fantasy because you know people were actually held to account uh, for crimes that, yeah. that they did that but, <laughs> but 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 the 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 near farcical levels of network and all the president's men are happening in the same year and when you put them together it's like no they're not as far apart they're not nearly as far apart they're not polar opposites and I think in so much of the dialogue and even my study and research for this movie and this entire new Hollywood period they posit you know uh, they posit a parallax view and a network at one end of the spectrum and then the, sort of the the sort of more balanced and you know, if you're talking about like a political spectrum, the more centrist version of it is like in all the presidents men because at least it has a level of objectivity. But what I'm finding in 2020 is exactly like you said, that predictive quality of a lot of these artists, um, uh, you know, that sort of being able to predict the future, they are just, they're, they're all the same DNAs there and it's just expressing it in slightly different ways, you know, m- some much more overt. and uh, But but it's, you know you know, in this movie, they go to the bowels of the underworld and, um, you know, and Howard in network talks to the devil, you know? So, so it's kind of, <laughs> except his, de- his devil is like marching. is you know, his Ned baby marching around a table, you know, uh, trumpeting around that table telling him the end of the world is coming. And basically he needs to be an instrument for capitalism. But it's, it's, it's just one of those, just one of those things that I keep watching. I'm like, God, these movies are just, they're, 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 they're brothers. They're, they're happening right now. They're, they're it's, it's, it's the same thing.
3: And all the movies you've just mentioned the paranoid classics of the 70s um they work so well because they're they're vessels for our own paranoia in that yes. other words the more paranoia you bring through it, <laughs> the more, the more they are and it's funny someone online recently was talking i think yesterday about what's the movie that speaks most to the trump era i think it might have been alex dowd at the av club asked that question I gave it some thought and I chimed in. And for me, the movie that really speaks most to this moment that we're in right now is The Invisible Man, which is the same kind of like, somebody's gaslighting you, it's toxic man, nobody yeah. believes you, something bad happens in a restaurant. Um, you know, like there's there's all sorts of compounded um, timeliness and also The Invisible Enemy. You could, you could go really deeply into it. But the reason I bring this question up that Alex asks is because... The paranoid movies, be they from 2020 or 1976, I think are the ones that I feel personally closest to. <laughs> because, because really at the end of the day, when you're watching a movie by yourself, by and large, you know, in front of your TV and it's late at night, that's when the dark thoughts creep in. That's yes. when, you know, and I, as, as much as talking about a movie and a podcast like this makes me feel not alone, it makes me feel... <laughs> these movies they I, all the presidents men in particular stresses the idea that there's a solidarity in finding the truth and being alone is being unsafe
0: yeah, yeah. and i mean and, and and the more effort that you go to making yourself isolated and 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 building these barriers and walls the The greater the victory for those that are trying to penetrate them, you know, like the Harry calls of the world is' like the, you know that that Harry's downfall is so so unbelievable, so uh, we obviously won't try and try not to spoil the conversation, but no I but I, but I, but I, but I feel like I feel like that because that felt like a different world. I was so lucky to see you know see that movie at the beginning of the year to to meet lee U and l and and go and introduce the film when it was released in Oz and I mean, there's, there's this like early batch of films where people are like this early batch of films that where the year was still a normal year that are all like, give Affleck an Oscar for the way back. You know what I mean? It's like, like there's no other movies. There's no other (laughs) movies that have come out this year. And so you're like, yeah, okay, well we can, we might be able to buy that. But no, I think, I think that's the genius of that, that, that approach to, to Lee uh, making invisible man was just like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it for now. I'm going to make it for this period. And it just feels like anything that's been made in the last couple of years has got, got all that energy of that gaslight energy. It's not accelerated to the fever pitch that I guess we're experiencing right this very minute in October. Um, and there were so many great tweets last week about, you know, when, by the time that Trump had had the, and it was announced the American president had the coronavirus um people are like the tax story was 7 days ago <laughs> like what had happened in between the the, the tax story was 7 days ago
3: just getting into the whole melania recording story oh. you know like the whole christmas story and like there was there were too many things all at once and, and well but i keep on reading that the times is actually going to be um you know again back to the power of the press the times actually has two more large reports from the tax stuff that are yeah. still for- Yeah, and I think they might have actually held one given the breaking news of the president catching COVID-19 Yes, there they will be returning to that story and beating that drum and
0: and 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 as we know that's You just need to keep following that story up Um, And I I did hear something that was really funny about like who knows Who maybe knows more about the worst aspects of sort of rich America than an immigrant lady who comes over here to marry a rich guy and then has to go into public service. Like maybe she, like we need to talk, people need to get like an interview with her because that's sort of no bullshit. Like who cares about Christmas decorations? Like I actually want to hear more from her. I think she's got more to say. I think she's got some tea to spill in the parlance of 2020 that we're like, that we might need. Like that's, that's something <laughs> we might need in this, in, in this, in this news cycle. But yeah, look, it's, it, I, I love what you said there and there's nothing more true. It's that there is this weird thing in these paranoia thrillers, especially as we're all locked in our houses all together. Um, JFK has gotten a few, a few hot runs here. I was lucky enough to see the conversation earlier this year at like a, a, uh, a, at a cinema and have watched it since at home. And I think you're right. It's like, and, and all around this project, watching things like network and, and those things to, to stay in the mindset. Um, but yeah, there is something really comforting and weird about how it, how it makes all the hairs on your arms stand up. You know, these movies, they make it in this moment and you're watching it loud and there's no distractions. There's no, you're not allowed to have a second screen anywhere near you when you're watching this in its truest form. And it's like, when this happens, it, it kind of changes the gives your heartbeat a little flutter and then you move into the next moments of the movie and it's just outstanding
3: yeah i i watched our moment in preparation of this conversation last night i watched it several times (laughs) i have to admit i after that last time i i just let the rest of the movie play it just what you let it wash over you yeah this is the, the you're about to really dive into i think one of the most perfect endings right of any hollywood movie The fact that this thing was even allowed to happen, I think is just
0: staggering. I've been trapped. I've been watching this sequence in preparation for the last few weeks. We've had some wonderful guests and I've just been watching it and I've been trapped so many times, Josh, like going, I'll just leave it on while I'm working. And That means that work is going to start in another 35 minutes because the movie's got to end first and I literally have just let it go and it just keeps going and in preparation for a couple of future minutes, I'm like, God damn it. It just gets me, like it traps me every time and I never learned my lesson of just don't leave it playing, just hit pause and stop it. But if I'm like sitting here typing, getting ready to, you know, getting ready to edit the episodes, nothing happens. I just put my feet up and it's time to watch the rest of this movie.
3: (laughs) Movies must I someone, I mean, you must have been asked this question before, and, and pardon me for asking you a question, but but um they must work like the way a baby likes being swaddled. These movies like All the President's Men and Zodiac and Inherent Vice, the ones that you've devoted so much time to and so much of your your brain power to, it must, they must make you feel comforted.
0: Extreme extremely comforting the other the other i've had we have a little pandemic film club of a few friends and i that are, are, are around and um well that in that little crew it was my turn to assign the movie and i said let's watch heat and they all <laughs> said and they all said are you joking like you know how we've all watched heat a million times and you've watched.'" and i go Yes, I want to. You know, I told you there was some stuff going on in my personal life. I said I want to watch Heat because that's exactly the experience. And the the weird thing is, um, I think that people misinterpret, or or, or maybe it's just a, it's a complete misnomer about movies that you really love losing the ability for you to get for you to get lost in them. And I think that is completely wrong, because I was watching Heat, and I reckon it's sixteen. It's about it's about 14 to 16 minutes in, in the wake of the first heist, um, that you can blink and an hour is gone Mm -hmm. and it's just gone. Like an hour just goes like that. And so, being able to do that. And in these movies, I think that's what I appreciate the music of it. It's like your favorite album. People talk about with albums all the time. There's no skips, you know, there's no skips. And I think that that's the same with great movies. There's no skips of distraction. Nothing's going to distract me. Usually the whole family's in bed. And when you're watching heat at home late at night for anyone who knows, um, unlike president's men or other movies with the sound mix, anytime there's action and heat, you will blow your speakers and your family out of their beds. If you leave it at full volume or high volume. So you have to be really on edge to like turn the, Turn it down, or make sure you've got wireless headphones or something to be listening to. But like, just a practical guide to watching heat at home. <laughs> <laughs> I need to write that. But that's the I I still get lost in all of these. I genuinely exactly as you said, it is a comforting. It's like meditative, like you know, where someone wants. To, it may not put me to sleep, or sometimes it can. Um, but that that meditative quality of it's on, and so it's comforting. It's like your favorite album that favorite thing. I sometimes don't even have to be watching it. It's just, it can be on in my office and it's around and the ingredients are just pouring out into the world and I'm, and I'm catching it. Yeah.
3: I totally hear that. And I look forward to the day when the movies that make me comforted are a little less, um, you know, diabolical. (laughs) 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 Although I I am always comforted by horror films. It's a, it's a genre that I love. Um, I do feel like lately, especially um i've been I've been gorging myself on on scariness, yes, scariness, political scariness, social scariness, and also just straight up supernatural scariness
0: and we're and we're in and we're in October, and uh, it was funny you were talking about that kind of possession thing. um I've been diving into you know for 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 a piece that I was working on i'm I'm diving into demonic possession and um <laughs> and then my, and then i was out at a lunch with a friend for their birthday and uh, and we heard a story about them being followed on the way home by this creepy person and and let me tell you josh like it hasn't done good like I was fine when I was watching The Possession in the movies, but then when I heard like a creepy stalker story while I'd had a head full of demonic possession (laughs) movies, it doesn't actually do you good. I was like, oh God, I need to watch Hate again or All the President's Men or something. I need to (laughs) cleanse myself because that's the level of creepiness I'm allowed now. I just need a few days where it's like, all right, I'm going to watch something like the young Indiana Jones chronicles for just a few days just to cleanse and then we'll go back in something whimsical and silly and uh, then we can go back to demonic possession and uh, and and seventies paranoia. As
3: soon as as soon as this guy fucking loses and can <laughs> I'm gonna watch Lala
0: La Land or something, <laughs> 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 oh my god, that is going to be the funnest night to watch. Letterboxd. is just like see what all your friends are do- like. It's going to be all this joyful movies, singing in the rain, la 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 <laughs> land, Fantasia might get a run. Um, it's it's going to be a fun night. Josh, this has been the best. I've loved talking to you twice. Um, thank you so much for being a part of the show again. And uh, it's it's uh it's been awesome chatting to you both on and off air today. It's 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 awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah.
3: I love, I love talking to you. Thank you so much for having me on again.
0: Joshua Rothkopf. God, Josh is simply one of my favorite people to talk to. If you want to find out what he's up to, the best place to find him is at Josh Rothkopf, which is R-O-T-H-K-O-P-F uh, on Twitter. You will find him writing about film festivals and about films, and he's just truly one of the sort of, best guys that is online writing about movies and has such a breadth of expertise and and, and really someone that I, I'm, again, completely blown away that joined me for this journey, not only once but twice. Guys, thank you so much for listening to all the President's Minutes once again. I'm obviously Blake Howard. If you want to follow me on socials, it's one Blake Minute on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can follow the show at, at ATM, atpmpod. I can't even say that, at atpmpod.com. <laughs> on Twitter. Um, find us at oneheatminute.com. If you haven't, subscribe, rate, review, it helps. We don't have many episodes to go. Thank you so much for this furious journey through 2020 and through this film and through the prism of history, of politics, of journalism and cinema. And uh, I just am so grateful. Thank you for listening. We have amazing guests to come. Um, stay tuned. Some bangers. Some surprises. We wouldn't, we wouldn't get away with not having a surprise for you, huh? Wonder what that might be.